What's up, Bucketheads? It's Joe with at CBB DFS. Uh, how we doing? It's Friday afternoon. Bird and James, we're back for another podcast. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing great. Yeah, doing well, buddy. How are you? I'm 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 good. I you know it's the holiday season. I've been out running holiday errands and uh, nice to just kind of sit down and talk about hoops for a little bit. What have you guys been up to? Working my tail off. Yeah, it's been been kind of a grind. I think everybody's trying to get stuff done the week before the holidays at work. So it's been a it's been a grinder. Well, hopefully our podcast tomorrow, if people are doing some holiday shopping, can fill their uh, car car speakers while they run some errands and they can get some tips and get home in time t- for this 1030 slate um, on Saturday. And uh, Bert, what's your initial thoughts on this kind of a small slate, but given there is a little competition out there? Uh, yeah, I mean, we got a lot of good college football. We have uh, NFL, um, but, you know, we're, we're, we're running short on time to have like, NBA is coming and, and everything, but. But college football will be done soon, or at least in bowl season. Uh, NFL will be, you know, a little bit smaller. So we could see some better contests coming up here for college basketball, hopefully, in, in the near future on the weekends. The weekday slates have been great. Uh, hopefully yeah. they get a little bit better on the weekends. No, for sure. The weekdays, it's nice to see those payouts on the weekdays. I know there's been some buzz about those amongst the, the bucket heads and the community. So hopefully that continues for sure. Now, uh, James, uh, have you uh, checked by chance our iTunes? Any new reviews out there for from from any Bucketheads? As a matter of fact, we do have one review uh, from Shoe Ramp, twelve twenty, on December 9th. He said, "Great content." Gave us five stars. I've been with you from the beginning. Loyal Buckethead here. Love your guys' content and insights. I've been winning constantly in 2020, which is a nice way to end a crappy year. Amen. Yeah. Podcast is. <laughs> must listen on Saturdays and written content on the site throughout the week is unrivaled anywhere. The gift humor, uh, is crazy. Added bonus. That's all I got. Keep up the good work. Put a bow on it. Hey, that's drink. a drink. That is a drink guys. We appreciate those reviews. They get us a little more looks and, uh, a little more popularity out on the old iTunes machine. So if you get a chance, feel free to rate and review the podcast, wherever podcasts are listened to, but, we're gonna we're gonna cut through all the small stuff and just dive right in. We have an eight game slate. Um, like we mentioned, it's not real big. I think two K is the first first place prize on the main slate. Um, four of these games are gonna be in our don't go overboard section. Two are in the tread water section, and two are in that dive in section. Most notably, that Gonzaga Iowa Iowa game that we're all looking uh, to get a piece of. But first things first, like usual. Let's start in our don't go overboard. Uh, and based on Kempom, it looks like that Louisville-Wisconsin game, James, that's got the lowest over-under at around 132. What's what's your first look at Louisville-Wisconsin? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is, it's going to be a low-possession, low low-scoring game. That's pretty common with Wisconsin. Uh, Louisville also is a pretty solid defensive team. They're ranked 27th in Kempom uh, defensive efficiency right now, uh, 283 in tempo. So don't expect... A lot of fireworks in this. Uh, there are a few key guys that we could probably get into, though. Yeah, James, does it feel like DraftKings is trying to force us to play Reavers a little bit down at 5,700? Yeah, I do feel that way. Um, you know, I think it's the beginning of the year, and even that last year we talked about, you know, sort of he and Potter kind of uh, taking each other's minutes, and I think we all sort of expected Potter to emerge at some point and sort of be that go-to guy. Um, they are playing together. They'll play them together a lot of times with the four and five. And uh, so, you know, Revere's last year, uh, I mean, he got up there, right, at price, 8000 mm-hmm. something like that. And we were excited about him. 
as being sort of the next guy. It didn't happen. Potter came in. No. And now Reavers is down at 5,700. It makes him a, like a little bit more enticing. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think uh, bottom line is with both of these guys at the moment, Reavers does have that kind of smash game uh, that happened at the first game of the year against Eastern. I, I don't know. Beyond that, I just I don't really see much appeal for him in GPP at this point. Um, I don't see that kind of ceiling happening. Sometimes he doesn't even get 20 minutes a game. So uh, especially a, a contested defensive matchup like this, I just I don't see him uh, in GPP, maybe cash. Hey, James, in a game like this where, you know, it is going to be a defensive grind, I, I, can you justify paying 8800 for Carlick Jones? Maybe. <laughs> I was hoping uh, flat no so I can move on. <laughs> yeah, I'd say he's probably one of the exceptions. Um, you know, Wisconsin does guard the perimeter pretty well. And, uh, you know, they try to run run guys off the line for sure. Uh, he shoots the ball pretty well. He went three of five uh, from three against Western Kentucky, 18 points. But he can also do some other things. I, I'm not in love with the play. It's a high price to pay, let's face it. Yeah. Um, but I think I think you could do it. You, it wouldn't be wild. I don't think you would get killed on it, you know, either. Probably. I think, yeah. Probably one of those lower owned options. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's going to be super low owned. You look at the kind of the top of the slate. You've got Garza at 10K. You've got Bassey at 9,200, and then you've got Jones at 8,800. Nobody's going to nobody's going to pay for you know nobody's not going to pay 400 dollars more to move up to Bassey or, or go you know go try to get Garza. So I bet he's going to be super low owned. And, and even within the game itself, you can get David Johnson for 2,000 dollars less, who's been playing pretty well lately. And I guess Louisville, just in general, you know, they've been out for a few weeks with COVID issues, but they've only got seven or eight players that are going to play. Um, yes. Samuel Williamson's going to be 5,400. He's fully healthy. Uh, so that's a really nice discount, too. So I just I, I just don't see a lot of people probably pressing the, the Carly Jones button at that price when you can get Williamson for 5,400 uh, or David, jo- David Johnson for 2K less. Yeah, David Johnson's last two game, 44 DK, 36 DK. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the epitome of good form, right? Yeah, but but again, you know, over under 132, slow paced, defensive minded game. If you didn't play anybody here, I, I, I wouldn't blame you either. I, I think Williamson's kind of intriguing at 5400 as a former, pretty highly recruited type of yeah, guy. For sure. Appears to be fully healthy. Yeah, he he does he does say his toe is is in good shape now. He's likely to likely to be back to him back to his old self. I did read that uh, DraftKings is now scoring nut punches, so <laughs> Brad Davidson fully in play. <laughs> Do you know how much are they negative or positive? I mean, it, it... <laughs> two two points for a nut punch, right? Or, <laughs> two, or is it two, points, two yeah. for each ball? I don't know. That's right. I can't wait for the Ken Palm metrics on nut punches. Uh, he's elite. Yeah, number one in the nation. All right, guys, let's get over to Mississippi and uh, and and Dayton. This is a it's an interesting, nice little non-con matchup. Dayton, the darling last year, and Ole Miss trying to figure out who they are without Brian Tyree. Bird, you want to lead us away on this one? Yeah, let's focus on Dayton a little bit. You know, first they they played really slow this year, 307th in tempo. Uh, you know, so that's not great. But the good thing is they're really kind of just playing five key players. Uh, and that's always a bonus from a DFS perspective. Uh, the name everybody knows is Jalen Crutcher, and his price is actually down to 7,200. His usage rates are really still great this year. They're they're really high. Um, he just hasn't been very efficient. He's really kind of stu- struggled to take on that alpha role uh, with Obi Toppin gone. Um, but I think he's fairly priced at 7,200, and I probably prefer him over Watson, uh, who's more of a maybe more shot-dependent 
type of DFS scorer. Rodney Chapman is a guy I really like as a value option. You know, he's at 5,100. Uh, it's going to play a lot of minutes and is averaging a 4x this season at that price point. Um, so I think he's he's pretty fair. And then Chase Johnson, 6,900. Uh, you go look at his Ken Palm metrics, and they're not they're kind of uninspiring, but he plays a ton of minutes, um, and he's he's hit 4x at this price in three or four games this season. So he's kind of a, uh, you know he probably won't be very high owned, and he probably doesn't have a ton of upside, but he hasn't been too bad. But I'd say I, I think I'd like to take a chance on Crutcher at 7,200, and I think Chapman's a good value option. Uh, Joe, from from your you know your old mess, your your SEC guy. Old Miss, Old Miss's defensive metrics look really good this year, but they haven't played anybody in the top 200. So, no. you know, what, what do you expect from the Rebels on the road? Well, I expect to learn a lot, to be honest with you, because like you said, they haven't played anybody this year, and they, ha- they haven't been on a DK slate all year as well. Maybe once early in the season, um, because I remember Tout and Schuler. Um, but uh, so far this year, uh, we're really going off of game logs. Luis Rodriguez seems to have stepped up. Um, he's someone who doesn't uh, get up a ton of shots. He's not an alpha per se, but he's he's a, a very reliable player with uh, good offensive ratings, and he can rebound the basketball. Um, I think Romello White's been a pretty good addition. Pretty good addition. He's really brought some of that attitude and that defensive intensity with him. Um, he's uh, at 6,700, averaging around 27 DK a game. So he's someone who could mess around and get you a double double in a game like this especially if it's going to be defensive minded and then again we talked about Devonta Schuler. we thought he was going to be the next guy to kind of step up um, he's not the scorer that Tyree was but at the same time he is their I'm using my air quotes uh, uh, their leader so at 6900 it's not something I love but it's something that uh, you know is definitely playable for a, a pretty good pretty good player um, my guy, uh, Kadeem Sai, um, he, he's questionable right now. Um, I like his activeness when he gets in the game, so uh, we'll keep an eye on his status for tomorrow. But like Bird said, I don't know if I'm in love with this game as far as finding good plays. The guys that I like for Ole Miss are probably priced a little bit out of reach for me because I'm not going to be close to 7000 7, on on some of these folks. Yeah, the Cy the guy, we'll have to keep an eye on him for sure. It looks like K.J. Buffin played pretty well in his absence last game out. Yeah, Buffin did it last year too. I mean, he, he's he's not new to the game. Um, so he, he's more than capable of stepping in and contributing. He's at 5400 So, you know, if you have a $5,400 hole in your lineup, I'm okay with that if Cy is indeed out. Yeah, so it seems like maybe a couple of decent value options. But overall, again, over under 133, really kind of slow-paced game. Don't want to go overboard in this one. Yeah, as that's uh, that's what the name of the section is. Naming conventions on point. It is on point. You know what else is on point? This Indiana Butler analysis. Now our transition game's on point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Indiana Butler. This is uh, this is in Indianapolis, I believe. It's part of a two-game MTE with uh, Indiana Butler and Notre Dame and Purdue. Uh, but the first game looks like it's Indiana Butler. This is the one that's tipping off at 1030, so uh, you're going to want to do your homework for this one. Uh, but kind of like the games before it, the line is just 134. We're not going to go uh, super crazy here. But with Butler, there are a couple things that we need to keep an eye out for. Uh, Aaron Thompson had uh, some knee ligament issues last last game. Uh, he has a Q tag. They're being pretty close to the vest about that. We'll find out what we can. 
but he's at 7,700 and really has been their best player to start this season. So if Aaron Thompson can't go look for a Chuck Harris and Miles Tate to get a bump, Miles Tate is someone at 3,900 where if Thompson is out, I think he might get close to that really sneaky play category. Um, Bo Hodges, uh, he, he's a name we're going to get to know here real soon. He was uh, one of the many who were deemed eligible uh, with the widespread ruling by the NCAA earlier this week. He did not play um, last game, uh, even though he was eligible for it. They said they're still kind of working. Yeah, it, so it turns out that, that, that not, not so good there on the Bo Hodges front. Uh, maybe not good at, in the classroom. Oh, really? Yeah, so he got some academic ineligibility heat this week. Um, so we, we won't be seeing Bo Hodges, unfortunately, which, like you said, puts more pressure on Chuck Harris and and, and maybe Tate to, to do well in the backcourt, especially if Thompson's out. Right, and, and Harris played pretty well last game in, in a, in a step-up role. Now, this is where it gets a little confusing with Butler. You have Bryce Golden and uh, Bryce Enzi. Bryce Enzi's always been a pretty solid player. I'm not gonna not gonna dominate uh, a game, but for 5200, he can easily hit 4x and normally is a pretty safe cash play. Jair Bolden, um, he's a guard forward option. He's at 7100. Um, he's kind of been their secondary scorer behind Thompson, but I think he's someone who can. Uh, uh, who will take over that that lead role if, if Thompson misses, and that's really the, their most proven wing present to date. He's averaging about 30 fantasy points a game, so Jair Bolden is someone who you can consider. Yeah, my buddy I sit next to at work, or used to sit next to at work, is a big uh, Butler fan, season ticket holder, and he said Bolden's you know really good shooter, uh, not overly athletic, so he's he's probably not as as athletic as McDermott was last year, but but a very good shooter. Um, and I think they, they announced this afternoon that Bryce Golden is expected to play. Um, and so he's priced all the way down at 3,800. And he played 30 minutes in the first game. Obviously, like Joe said, coming back from an injury, uh, probably a, some unknown there in terms of minutes. But but at 3,800 and a guy who played uh, 30 minutes, they've got kind of a small bench right now. They're missing some guys. They've got some injuries. Um, but again, we keep going back. You know, don't go overboard section over under 134 against probably a more athletic Indiana team. Uh, right. So certainly some risks there, too. And then, James, I'm going to lean on you for the Indiana stuff. The only note I have here is uh, get Trace Jackson Davis in the lineup if you can. Um, he He's all right at 8,500. I definitely uh, definitely will be eyeing that with uh, the, the thinness of Butler. That, just to expand on that, and that's this doesn't need much conversation because he's awesome and everybody knows it. It's no secret. He'll be highly owned. The thing that kind of makes him a little bit more impervious to matchup, uh, even in the low possession game here, is – it, and we saw that happen, right? With Florida State, I wrote that game up. I didn't expect a big game from him. He was priced at 8,800. He just went out and got 50 DK in that game. Um, and he can do it from the line. He can get rebounds. Uh, Butler, not a great rebounding team. As you mentioned, they're thin as well. Uh, so I think even a low-scoring game, uh, I think he's going to get his. And I think 8,500, which is matches his uh, season low, is a fine price to pay. Um, and I think he's a pretty safe bet. Hey, hey, James, I, I was looking to try to find a secondary Indiana play, mm-hmm. but what kind of sums it all up is that Florida State game you referenced is because TJD had 25 in that game, but then the other four starters all had nine. Right. It's, just, it's kind of a microcosm of what you're getting with the ancillary players. Um, you're not getting that second fiddle. It's really a community effort. Yeah, and he's that good. You know, when they get in those tight games, tough competition, especially early in the season, you know, he's the proven guy. He's the go-to guy. And so he's going to get all the work. Um, 
I think uh, Armand Franklin is somebody you can look at. He's 6,000 at guard, and his minutes have started uh, to kind of increase. Uh, last game they played a cupcakes. He still had 41 DK. Um, but his his production and output is starting to kind of go up a little bit. So I think he's somebody that you could look at. He's definitely showing a ceiling here. Um, somebody you might be able to look at that's emerging a little bit, still um, you know priced up a little bit, but still manageable at that mid-tier, 6,000. Why don't we go over to Burks? Our only Pac-12 team is next, uh, over under 135, and it's UCLA and Ohio State. We don't enjoy seeing UCLA on the slate. Like, this, is, this is not what we want. Slow tempo. Uh, defensive-minded, uh, you know, give us Arizona State, uh, please. Give us less UCLA. Uh, but we, we get what we get. And uh, so, you know, Jaime Jaquez Jr. has really played pretty well uh, lately. He's priced up $900. Um, he does a little bit of everything, which is which is good. Um, but at 7500 you know, his ceiling is probably 4X. Chris Smith is probably their most talented player at 7100 but he's been wildly inconsistent this year. I really do think he's an NBA prospect, um, but he just hasn't really put it all together. Uh, it's been a little bit frustrating. Tiger Campbell's played really well, but he's priced at 7000 At Ohio State, Like I just don't love the, the game flow there. Jalen Hill is is priced down $1,200, uh, so he's at 5800 uh, Trevion Williams from Purdue really beat up Ohio State last game. So I think he's a potential option down low for UCLA. Uh, and then if you're looking for kind of a punt play, uh, Kentucky transfer Johnny Juzang, Played 27 minutes last game. Obviously, he's got pedigree as a former Kentucky Wildcat, um, and he's only 4,200, uh, known to be a really good shooter. Uh, something that that UCLA offense kind of needs is, is somebody to step up from an offensive perspective. So at 4,200, in tournaments only, you know, he could be a little bit of a flyer for you. That's kind of what stands out to me. Uh, that, uh-oh, we've got ducks. Oh, boy. Oh, my. <laughs> is that uh-huh. a real duck? Yep. Yeah, that's quacky. Don't worry. Joe, about Joe's it. calling in from a, a boat on a pond somewhere. <laughs> but um, yeah, that, that's kind of the UCLA side. Everybody else is kind of a risky tournament option, option only. Um, James, any, any thoughts on Ohio State? You know, this is, again, over under 135. Ohio State's kind of a small favorite. Uh, didn't play very well against Purdue, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts? I'm not real crazy about anybody, especially with the big question mark on EJ Liddell right now. I think he's somebody that you could look at. He's priced up kind of right now in a game that's going to have low possessions, low scoring game. Uh, so I, I don't know really what to make of that. I think if he doesn't play, uh, the guys that have been seem like they've been getting the benefit of it. Zed Key uh, had a really nice game against Cleveland, not as nice again at Purdue, only ended up with uh, five points, three rebounds there, uh, but did, did play 23 minutes. And then the other person is, um, Kyle Young has been getting a lot more time. He's been there a while. Uh, he's only 4,600. He did have 21 DK uh, in that Purdue game. And it played at 24 minutes. So he might be somebody as a price saver, if Liddell can't go, that you could throw in. Might be able to grab a few boards, uh, a few putbacks. But uh, beyond that, you know, suing uh, the Cal transfer that came in, uh, he's kind of the primary scorer right now. Not putting up excessive numbers. He's kind of hovering around that 4X uh, ceiling. He had a, a smash game against Illinois State uh, at the beginning of the year. But uh, otherwise, he's not really attractive to me. And, uh, and really, no one else is on the team either, to be honest. It, it's kind of a, an un, un, uninspiring game. Might be a little difficult to watch at times, too. I do like that uh, they did take down Zed Key's price to 4600 um, mm-hmm. I, I think it, with him and Young, you really – 
if you, if you want to take a flyer on one of those, if Liddell does miss, I think there's there's definitely some upside. One of those two is going to pay off pretty well. Yeah, I like Zed Key. He played uh, in high school on the high school team uh, with Andre Carbello, the freshman for Illinois that's that's been kind of emerging lately. And uh, so that I think he's a good he's a good player for sure. Uh, it's just a matter of time. You know, it can take those bigger guys a little bit more time to develop. Yeah, and you, you, you wish Dwayne Washington Jr. would do anything other than shoot. You know, he's 5,500. He's got double-digit points in every single game, but just doesn't do anything else. If it, he could just fall into a couple of rebounds or assists or just, you know, something, you know, that, yeah. that would be nice at that price. But he, he literally just shoots and, and, I guess, just doesn't do anything else. Yeah, that's been his whole career pretty much. Same thing, so. All right, guys, that puts a – no, I'm not going to do it. Um, that, <laughs> that, that, that ends, that concludes the don't go overboard section and half of our games all, all in there. Um, the, the big key, the reason why those games are there is there are plays there that you can find that you can, you can get into your lineup, but you know, it's not, it's not, not an area where you want to stack a certain game. Um, no one wants to stack Indiana Butler and, and, and see what happens. So, uh, let's move on to our tread water section and James, I'm going to go back to you. Um, tell us a little bit about Notre Dame Purdue, that second one in Indianapolis. It's going to be kind of a, a nice game, I think. Really, um, Notre Dame hasn't been that great defensively. Uh, they've been pretty good offensively. Um, they beat Kentucky, obviously, in that one-point game that happened a couple weeks ago. Uh, Duke just came in and beat him pretty severely. And so Purdue uh, is a team that's kind of been off and on, struggled a little bit, but I think that. Um, so I think I think the points in this could be fairly favorable uh, from a DFS standpoint. I'm definitely on the Purdue side, you know, looking at guys like uh, Trevion Williams. Uh, I think this is a really good matchup for him. Notre Dame's pretty thin. Uh, they only really play about six guys, and so this is a matchup. I think he can come in and dominate even at limited minutes. I wish he played more. He doesn't though, uh, but he can get on those heaters. Uh, so in tournament GPP lineups. Um, I think he's he's definitely viable at 8,300. Sasha Stevanovich, uh, he's definitely shot dependent. He's sort of the Dwayne Washington in this team. Uh, I I like him way better at home. Uh, it's really he's one of those guys you can go look down through his game logs and uh, he just tends to play a lot better at home, shoots a lot better at home where he's comfortable. Uh, this is a neutral site I think in uh, Indianapolis you mentioned, and so at 5,800 he's priced down at a season low. So I think he's he's playable, but not somebody I'm really going to look at. And the only other guy I think on Purdue that I, I'm maybe a little bit interested in, Brandon Newman, uh, is priced at 5,000. He's uh, towards his season low. Uh, he's had a couple, five, four or five games uh, of four X at that price. So I think he's somebody that you could look at in a cash game. He can grab some boards, um, score some points. James, uh, so Eric Hunter's been back for a couple of games. Has there been any... Uh, noticeable shifts on the team uh, with his return? Have they changed in style at all? I see he's starting to get the full allotment of minutes again. Yeah, he's getting all the minutes. He's shooting a lot more um, than he he has, I think, historically, really. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I think it helps having him there. probably helps more on the defensive end more than anything. But as you can see, his shot share, he's getting up uh, above uh, 10 field goal attempts a game. Uh, So I think that's, that's good to see from him. He's not really, uh, you know, doing much else. Really, get a couple steals here and there, but um, I think 55 or 5400 where he's priced at is probably about right. And then with Notre Dame, it's the Prentice Hub show still. Absolutely, Prentice Hub. Uh, 8100 
Uh, he's had a couple of quiet games. Uh, Duke game, he only had 19 DK, four of nine shooting. The Kentucky game, he, he got a lot more shots up, closer to his average, around 16, 17. And uh, so you'd like to see him kind of do a positive regression here. Um, and I think that's totally possible. He's a, he's a guy that can totally heat up. So I think 8,100, you could play him in GPP. And last um, last had a bad Duke game as well. Yeah, a- absolutely. And, you know, Duke's a pretty good defensive team. And if you're not quite ready for him um, this year, they kind of tend to overplay. So, uh, you know, it's possible they just weren't really prepared that well. And, of course, you know, there, as we talked about, they got a really short bench. It's really only six guys that play. So uh, it's possible that they just got worn out. But, but yeah, I think you could play Nate probably. Uh, 7,300 again is where he was at the Duke game. Uh, he has some nice logs here uh he had three games stretch here uh including the kentucky ohio state games where he's averaging uh you know 33 dk so I, I think he's somebody that you could definitely look at to bounce back beyond that uh it's not really anybody that's jumping out dang goodwin um you know, old guy been there a while i uh, had a nice game against duke and then cormac ryan's a uh, goodwin's been pretty good this year he's you know he's he got four x and in four of the five games this season even at that 7k price point and gosh he plays 96 percent of the minutes and you talked about it that's the nice thing about Notre Dame you've got three players that are playing over 90 percent of the minutes and Lazuski's at 86.5 so gosh that, that certainly helps their upside a little bit yeah absolutely and they, they are going to play all the minutes Cormac Ryan's transfer from Stanford uh, had to sit out here last year he's a shooter uh, so very shot dependent hasn't been shooting great lately but again kind of what we were saying with the last guys here he'll play 30 eight 39 minutes in a game and uh you know if he gets hot and i think he's due you know i think it'll happen this year for him um, but if he gets hot he's gonna yeah he'll he'll put up a big game hey, hey bird i want to ask you something just as a as, as a seasoned dfs player when you see someone like prentice hub uh who's you know typically a high dollar high performing guy have you know a, a sub subpar game do you lay off the next week or are you the type who is just going to get right back on the horse? Yeah. You know, some, some of it depends on price a little bit. You know, if you see a price drop a little bit after an egg, um, his, his has stayed pretty stable. He's kind of just dropped a hundred points or a hundred dollars. Um, but, but I do think you go look at his game logs, you know, 19 DK points last game, 23, the one before that. Uh, and so people say, Oh man, this, you know, I'm not going to play him. Well, you had a, 50 burger before that a couple 30s he's going to play the entire game uh a nice over under so i think it's a good bounce back spot where you could probably get him at reasonably low ownership as well as, as people tend to gravitate up to garza and and things like that you know i think he's a good a good low owned probably option 30 percent shot share 93 percent of the minutes mm-hmm. decent assist rates yeah and that, that that's really what what i was curious about i mean are are you worried about that funk but with these guys who are this talented or that have this much usage that you don't put a lot of stock into it quickly i I think the other thing to note too about notre dame's uh is their schedule you know early in the season a lot of these teams are playing cupcakes and so you see a 50 burger against you know no name state or whatever you know that doesn't tell you a whole lot but that was against ohio state that's where i was (laughs) and they played duke (laughs) Kentucky, um, you know, so they're, they're playing real teams. And so I think you can trust those numbers maybe a little bit more. No, I, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. And you think about like regression, like so so Marcus Garrett yesterday, uh, you know, he struggled this year. He's had a little bit of an illness, but but we know Marcus Garrett was an all-American type preseason accolade type of guy before the season. 
uh, his price keeps dropping, dropping, dropping. And, and, you know, that's the time where you really want to go get those guys, right, is when their yeah. prices have, have dropped and they're never going to be be lower. That's where you really can kind of capitalize. But but I do think Prentice Hub has a, has a nice high floor. Like you guys just talked about, he just lit up Ohio State, Purdue probably a uh, similar type of structure, t- similar type of team um, that, that he can light up again. Good discussion there, guys. Um, Want to flip over to a couple of Blue Bloods, the uh, the North Carolina-Kentucky matchup. This one is uh, over-under of 140 uh, because, honestly, we don't really know what we're working with with these two teams yet. Kentucky's on an L4. Um, they got a uh, – North Carolina was on a two-game losing streak before they got a win over uh, – uh, North Central Carolina, uh, which was only by six last time out. So these two teams are both kind of struggling. Both really need a nice win. And and what first thing that jumped out page, off the page at me when I looked at this game is there isn't a player over seven thousand dollars. <laughs> which you know, if you would have told me in a North Carolina Kentucky DraftKings matchup, a the over under is going to be one forty, and b no one's going to be over seven k, I would have said you're lying. But that's exactly where we're at right now. Yeah, it's hard to believe Garrison Brooks under you know under seven. He was a eighty-two, eighty-four hundred dollar type player, uh, not not that long ago, and I think he's healthy now. So yeah, it's just yeah, it's just weird to see the pedigree of some of these guys and the and the price you can get them at. And I, I I'm glad you mentioned Brooks because I think he's going to be the hardest one for Kentucky to catch for to check. I think that Sar is going to be a fixture in the paint, but you know how. Brooks has that good mid-range game. He's an excellent re- rebounder, and there's a wave of bigs on that Carolina team. I, I think he's the one who really is in a good spot here at 6,800 to have one of those Garrison Brook types games from last year, um, which would be uh, really nice for any DK owner that gets him in his lineup. And at the 6,800, you can play him with some of these higher-priced guys that we mentioned or are going to be mentioning later on. Let me first dive into Kentucky, though. Their highest price player is uh, BJ Boston. He's at 6,600. Um, super athletic, super explosive. I, I like that price for him. He hasn't come out and just shown a, a massive ceiling, but he's been consistent. And we know the talent's there for that breakout game. Don't know if this is the spot for it, but at 6,600, I'm good with uh, BJ for sure. That's a low. That's his lowest price of the season. I, it, he his shot share is high right so i i think you know if you try to maybe bird would know better but if you're trying to sort of target that you know that breakout game when's this guy gonna break out this might be it right high possession game yeah Yeah. we should have just saved our conversation we had at the end of that last one for for bj boston because this is really where it fits well um isaiah jackson comes in at 6300 he's a super high energy guy uh really great on the glass um really has been the one of the few bright spots on that team something they weren't expecting to get this much of a lift from. Um, uh, we, we talked about Saar. He's 5,900. He's had a smash game mixed in here and there, um, but hard to trust, I think, especially with the bigs that North Carolina has. Um, James, I'll let you talk about the bigs in a little bit. Um, one of the guys who's all the way down to 3,600 is Devin Askew. He's a, another five-star freshman. Plays, he stinks. He stinks. Plays minutes, but he's not good. He's he, he hasn't been good at all. Um, uh, very very uh, frustrating uh, that he hasn't paid out. You remember he was like 7,800 on the opening slate, um, and then we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Terrence Clark, um, another five star freshman. He's down to 5,700. I think 61. Sorry, 6,100. Um, he's 
been kind of the number two weapon for them uh, when Sar's quiet. But uh, really, I, I'm targeting BJ Boston before I'm targeting Clark since they're only a couple hundred dollars apart. Hey, Joe, I'm going to – so a couple things. So so Juan Askew has been horrible. And, and, and Mintz has come in. You know, he's a proven guy from Creighton. I, I think this is his team now. I think he's going to be the point guard moving forward. I don't necessarily think he has like an ultra-high ceiling. But at 5,300, I think he's probably a 4X type of guy who's you know, going to be going against a freshman point guard uh, You know, as a veteran. I, I think he could exploit that a little bit. I think give that team a little bit of stability. And, and then what do you think about this with Sar? So, so Sar is really their best true big post player. Mm-hmm. And, and UNC's got a massive front line, right, that they, they just keep coming at you. You've got Brooks. You've got Baycott. You've got Sharp. You've got Kessler. Like, Sar is going to have to play all this, unless, unless he gets in foul trouble. He's sure. got a ton of minutes. So at, at 5,800, uh, 5,900, I, I, Sar might be one of my favorite plays on the slate, just given the matchup and, and the fact that UK is going to have to have him out there to compete against those the, the bigs of, of UNC. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I, 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 there's nothing. Your logic is, is dead on. Your logic is dead on. Um, and the last time out, Sar played, he had 38.75, you know, against Notre Dame. I just, you got the foul risk. Not that he hasn't fouled out of late, but he has ended a couple games with four, and it only takes two and a half to to really ruin the day. But at fifty at fifty nine hundred, the risk comes down significantly, right? I like that play. Maybe I'm still bitter bitter a little bit from some of the earlier performances where I had him circled in my lineup, um, and that's something as a DFS player you have to be able to shake free. I don't know. Uh, I think for fifty nine hundred, see, I you see the 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 fact that he's going to be needed. And he's going to have to go up against all these UNC bigs. I see it as a one-on-four. You know, UNC is going to constantly bring a fresh big to check him. He's going to be working defensively the entire game. I don't know how much he's going to give you on the offensive side of things. I, I don't know what the metrics DK uses um, to to rate their uh, defense versus position, but it says here that Kentucky is 45th against forwards. Take that for what it's worth. I, I think your logic is sound. To me, I just haven't seen Sar. I haven't seen Sar be that guy, and that that's the thing that that worries mm-hmm. me. I see it more as a one versus four fresh bigs that are talented versus instead of a a one who's going to need to take his game to the next level, who really mm-hmm. maybe hasn't taken his game to the next level this year as much as he, we would have expected. Five fouls per forty minutes for Sar. I think. We don't normally play the foul risk much. You don't hear us talk about it much. But I think with him, it's it's tangible. It's real. You've seen it against KU. And so it, if he can get a lot of minutes and get a lot of shots, that's uh, the games where he tends to, to kind of break out. Um, but I, I would say definitely no on cash. And GPP, I think he's he's a gamble. I agree. Yeah, I think so. I wouldn't be surprised to see 40, 45 percent ownership tomorrow at that price. And and so I think he has the potential to make or break the slate, and we'll see who's sorry. Oh boy, I, I see what you did there. That was. That, um, Let's talk about UNC. I think we hit on that pretty hard. Yeah, we did. We got Kentucky covered forward and backwards. And real quick before we go to UNC, I agree on Mince. Um, you know, earlier in the year I was pounding my chest saying he's the best. He, he's the point guard that needs to be running this team until they get their feet wet, and then bring Askew along. I don't think Mince is going to give that back up. So um, I, I can't see uh, uh, a skew going away, ask you going away, but um, I agree on Mintz for sure. 
Yeah, so outside of Brooks, so obviously his uh, his price looks really really nice, and you know typically Brooks has a lot higher price point than Baycott. So mm-hmm. so I think most people are probably going to play Brooks a lot less ownership on, on Baycott tonight. But James, what else? What what do you feel about what the rest of the the North Carolina team love and and yeah. uh, our boy Leaky Black? <laughs> you know it's it's really a shame. Baycott and Sharp are so good. They're, they're both so good. And if they if were one player, uh they would be a $10,000 option, right? I mean, they're just incredible and sharps coming along. I, t- I tend to like him, you know, he's at 6,100 right now. He's sort of kind of in the middle of where he's been priced at and the minutes you just can't trust, right? If he gets over 20 minutes, I think you feel pretty good that he can get home, at least get four X, but that's really what you're playing with. Right. And if one of those guys, if Baycott starts having a game, you know, that's probably less opportunity for him. So it's kind of a crapshoot between those guys right now, which is unfortunate. Um, but I think either one of those guys are probably, you know, viable to play in a tournament. Um, Caleb Love is leading the team in shot share uh, right now at 27% almost. And uh, so he's definitely the main shooter. I still feel like we're waiting for his breakout game as quite happened. And so he's been hovering in kind of the mid-20s DK uh, but you see he's getting 13, uh, 18 shots up against uh, Stanford. So he's a guy that I think I'm, I'm sort of just waiting for that game to come out. 6,300 would be nice if his uh, price drops a little bit more, but a season low right now. And then uh, Leaky Black, not going to talk about. Uh, he, he's, he's, <laughs> he's a cash well. play. He's played well. He's a cash play that has played pretty well. He's a year. cash play for sure. Uh, another guy I like in tournaments, so is the other freshman guard, uh, R.J. Davis. Uh, he's kind of a microwave-type player. He can come in get a bunch of shots up. Didn't shoot uh, particularly well in his last game. Um, so he's his price is, is sort of hovering in that kind of low 5,000. But uh, he's, a, he's a guy. He's hit 5X a couple times this year. He can he can come in and do it. And uh, I think he's he's kind of due for that type of game, too. So I, the guards in this particular game I like maybe a little bit more than – as you mentioned, Bird Brooks at the uh, uh, the super low price, 6800 That's almost too good to pass up. All right, guys, that's the two in the tread water section. We got two games left. Uh, dive in. Bird, why don't you dive in and tell us a little bit about Western Kentucky and Alabama? Uh, yeah, so Western Kentucky, uh, obviously Charles Bassey, you know, at, at what point, at what price point do you not play him? And, and I think at 9200 he's still completely in play. Like he's he's got 27% shot share. He's the sixth best defensive rebounder in the nation. He has the fourth best uh, block shot rate in the nation. And, and I think, so he's 9,200, Garza's 10,000. I, I assume everybody's going to go play Garza in, in the highest game on the slate. So you could even get him at a little bit lower ownership. And, and you get a pace-up game against Alabama. It's just hard not to like Bassey, even at 9,200. I think he's just such a such a stud player. I and mean, people, he's at Western Kentucky, but he was a legit you know, five-star prospect. And, and he's... He's as good as advertised. Alabama has actually really struggled against guards, and so I think yeah. Tavion Hollinsworth is a good play at 6,700. Uh, obviously, a lot cheaper price than, than Bassey, um, but he still has 5x upside. And, and again, Bama really has done okay against postmen, but they really have struggled against guards. Um, so I, th- I think he's a he's a good look as a as a cheaper option to get some exposure to Western Kentucky. Uh, Josh Anderson's been okay. He's been 4x in back-to-back games. And, and beyond that. Nobody really, you know, kind of stands out to to me. Uh, Bama does give up a lot of threes. If if you want to try to get a little bit of a luck box in with with Frampton, he he's a guy who can shoot some threes and mm. 
and make some plays. But he's 4,200, but he's he's truly just a GPP, like hope he goes out and hits, hits five threes type of thing. So so that's that's kind of what I think from Western Kentucky. Joe, uh, again, you're our SEC guy. Herbert Jones played a little bit of point forward yeah. last game, had a 45 yeah. burger. So, yeah. so what are your thoughts on Herbie and, and, and the rest of the Tide? Oh, you know, we at CBB DFS and all of our Bucketheads love Herbert Jones. We've loved Herbert Jones for a couple of years now. Um, and, yeah, he has to play point forward because uh, Javon Quinterly's in the straight-up doghouse. Um, Nate Oates called him out for his defensive effort of late, um, and he that showed with just 17 minutes. He is their point. Um, both Petty and Shackelford are off-the-ball guards. So, you know, really that left the ball in Herb Jones's hand to be the primary distributor to go with his amazing defensive prowess, his awesome uh, rebounding ability, and his ability to get buckets at the rim. So um, Herb Jones is now $8,000. I said last time they were on the slate that at 7500 Herb Jones was creeping up out of my price range. But now that he's got this usage bump from <clears throat> the Coinerly doghouse, I think I think he's a good cash pay at eight thousand dollars. I'm probably not ready. I think you can find better options such as Prentice Hub and around this price point um, if you're looking for a GPP play. So that that's my that's my Herbie Herbie thoughts. Bird, you agree? Yeah, I like it. I, I think that's I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Petty and Shackleford because they cannot, you know, if they were in the boat with you with the Ducks, they yeah. would not be able to hit water. They fell out of it. Which which is so frustrating because that was the beauty of watching Nate, Nate Oates' Alabama team last year was just sprint down the floor. If the layup isn't there, kick it out to Petty or Shackleford to hoist a, a three in transition, splash, you know, and then move on down. They're, they're at home here. I, I like teams that are shooting in their own building. I like shooters that are in their own building. Um Eventually, these guys are going to break out, and I would not want to be the team that they do that against. Um, at 6,800 for Petty and at 6,400 for Shackleford, these are people who can get that get value in just points alone. But they're they're not just scorers. They each do a little bit of rebounding. They each swing the ball around and get pick up a couple assists. Um, they, they're they're decent defense defensive players. So. I love both Petty and Shackleford. I'm always going to love them until they're priced up at 8,000 where Herbie Jones is. But uh, no, those, those guys, I, I can't get enough of them, uh, but they haven't, they have not played that well. They have not shot that well. And that's, that's really what this whole team is designed to do. And uh, their struggles this year is tied directly to their ability to shoot the ball from deep. Yeah. And I'm going to channel my inner James here and, and get a, some nerdy stats out. Uh, Western Kentucky. 312th in the nation defending the three. They're giving up 44.7% from behind the arc this year. So if there's ever a time for them to heat up, uh, wow. this, this might be it. Yeah, that's a that's a really good stat. In the paint for Bama, they're still kind of rotating guys trying to figure out that 4-5 position. A lot of times they'll be smaller with uh, Herb Jones playing the four, but now that he's taken on a little more of a point guard role, we'll see what Oates does with this lineup. They're still going to play fast, but James Rojas at 4,300 will get around 20 minutes. Bruner at 5,300 will get around 20 minutes. And then of late, Alex Reese has been mixing his way back in at 3,800. It's hard to pick which one's going to be the, the, the five most of the time for them. 
with Bassey being such a dynamic force that he is, I could see a, a steady rotation of them keeping fresh guys uh, checking him. So I wouldn't recommend any of the forwards for Bama, but Herbie Jones uh, for cash, Petty and Shackelford, I think are are definitely fair game if you want to play one to hope you catch that breakout. Um, and then Quinterly, we talked about him. He's in the doghouse. Maybe we'll see some news on him in the morning that, you know, he had a good week of D in practice and at 5,700, he could become playable. But for now, until I read or see something like that, I'm staying away. Uh, really well done, Joe. I love it. I, I think let's let's move on to the main event. So main event. Here's, here's a stat for you guys. This is the sixth time since 1997 that Ken Palm's number one and number two rated offenses have played each other. And so the last time wow. was back in 2013. So we're getting kind of a, a semi-historical, you know, sixth time in, in the last uh, 23 years. That's 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 insane. Yeah. Uh, and this is why the over/under is 171. That's that's, <laughs> that's insane. Yeah. So those those the other five games that's been number one versus number two, the the highest over/under of those games ended up being 158, which I thought was kind of interesting. So 13 points lower than what this one's projected at. So we'll see how it plays out, but. Holy moly, 171 is is just a ridiculous number. I think DraftKings spent all their time on the pricing of, of this game as nobody really stands. Like, the pricing seems right. Like, they, they did a good job, unfortunately. Before we dive into the X's and O's, James, can you talk talk to me a little bit about Nudgy? Because <laughs> uh, he, he was a conversation starter last time I was on a slate, right? Yeah, so this, basically the story behind him, he came in with uh, Garza. And so they had these two skilled, huge 6'11 guys came in as freshmen. And obviously we saw the trajectory that Garza's careers had. And Nunji got hurt. Uh, and he missed all, got hurt early last season, missed all of uh, last season. And then finally uh, against North Carolina this year, he, he came in and played. And uh, he's down at 5,600, I think, price point. But the interesting thing about him this year a, he is really good. Um, there was a lot of rumors kind of in practice that that he was really good, and so there was a lot of high expectations. But they, they're playing him with Garza. Uh, so a lot of times, Garza sometimes will get in early foul trouble, so they'll move Nungi to the five. Uh, he tends to play pretty well. Uh, but they'll also play him at the four. So I, I think at 5,600, you see his production is a little bit all over the place at the moment. But uh, I think he's a guy that you can definitely look at, and he'll be the guy next year. So after right. Garza leaves... Uh, he, he's the guy you want to have on your radar. James, he's a guy you look at every night with that poster of him on, on your wall. <laughs> on, on my ceiling, yes. Absolutely, every night. <laughs> yeah, I, I just remember the waves going through the Buckethead community about, uh, you know, the your your professed love for Nudgy. And then he opens up that game with like 20 and a half while Garza started slow. Now, Garza still ended up with 40-some, 40-some yeah. DK that game. Right. And really, where this conversation should start for Gonzaga and Iowa is probably with Garza. So let, let's officially start the conversation. Is 10000 uh, that's obviously a huge price. He's been that price. Is that worth it? Uh, 4X is 40. He's averaging 49. That's <laughs> that's quick math. What You guys want to project his ownership? Oh, uh, it, it's still going to be a ton, right? It's still going to be 40, 50% yes. owned, right? At least. Gotta be. What was John Morant? 12-something? He was 12-2 in the tournament when he was on the slate. Yeah. Yeah. 10 might just be the the, the ceiling because Io hit 10 uh, earlier this earlier this week, right. but uh, I don't I don't know if we're gonna if Luca Garza isn't over 10 and in in a 171, this might just be the ceiling in their algorithm. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's the price dropped. I think when college basketball came back, it seems like that high end dropped a little bit because I remember the big games, but now you don't really see that guys getting up into 11,000, 12,000 anymore. So 10,000 is probably, I mean, obviously, if Gars is 10,000, it's probably about as high as it's going to get. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to play him, play him. I mean, you, you can't, or we're, we're sure as hell not going to say don't play him. Right. <laughs> So then after Garza, we, we have a little bit of a, a drop, but I, you know, I always love playing these shooters for Iowa. Now I, it just, you, you see Wieskamp, you see Bohannon. I mean, what's not to like there. So the, there's a couple things that jump out to me in this game. Um, there aren't too many games. Iowa always plays hard. Uh, they really do. Fran always has that team ready to play. Uh, they tend to play really good at home. Uh, maybe they get the calls. I don't know. Depends who you ask. You ask me, maybe they get the calls, but <laughs> They when they get away from home, you know this is semi home. I would say this is in uh, Sioux Falls, someplace weird, but it's close to Iowa. It's tough to say, um, you know, how the shooters are going to perform. I think Wieskamp is probably the safest of the bunch. Uh, I've written this up before. He's playing really well this year for one thing. He's getting a lot of shots up, but he he can do other things. You know, he can get rebounds. He's a taller, lankier guard. He can get in the paint. Not afraid to do that. And so I kind of like him a little bit better, uh, not only in cash, but even in the tournament play. Bohannon, I think, has been a little bit of a surprise this year. Uh, he's had some really nice games. He had 34 DK against uh, UNC. It just seemed like he couldn't miss. Um, but he's really good. He's been good. He's just been hurt. Um, yeah, but he worry about his ability to stay in front of Suggs. I think Suggs might be yeah. his, his focus. <laughs> it could be a problem. As he should yeah. be. It, it, absolutely. Um, and then I think at the, the, the sort of the other guard there that's really worth talking about on Iowa is uh, C.J. Frederick. Uh, he's a guy that really had some flashes last year. I thought he was going to be really, really good. I think with Bohannon coming back, it's kind of cut into his minutes a little bit. So I, I think he's, he's a guy that can definitely uh, get there, 4,700 in GPP, but uh, probably not a guy that I'm going to really target in this game. So, Bird, you, you mentioned that this game was giving us some headaches looking at some of the pricing. Was this mainly on the Gonzaga side of things where you got a lot of guys over 7K but not over 8? Well, yeah, I think that's the thing, right? You want to you wanna play the Gonzaga players because Iowa refuses to play defense. Like, it's just a historical fact of, of <laughs> life with Fran McCaffrey. He's not going to play defense. And, and so you want to jam in these Gonzaga guys. And and, and I think you can, um, but I, I wish we had got a little bit more favors uh, on, on their pricing. I think, like you said, Joe, I think Suggs is really interesting – who the hell is going to be able to stay in front of him? No uh, I, I think Timmy is going to be good. You know, if, if I'm Mark Few, I'm going to try to pound the ball down low and get uh, Garza in some foul trouble mm-hmm. and take my shot against against James's fanboy Dungey. But um, <laughs> like, I, I like, I think they're all fairly priced. I, I don't have really have any complaints. Um, Suggs is probably my favorite of, of the group. But man, I just wish they were a little bit cheaper. And, and I guess it makes sense. 171 over under. We're not going to get. Yeah. Uh, some some cupcake uh, pricing out there. What's the odds? Give me give me uh give me the odds that Timmy has a better DK day, day than Garza. Oh. It could happen. It could very easily happen. What do you guys? I mean, fifteen percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent. Yeah, that's probably fair. I mean, he's uh, great. He's a great player, and he he's looked really good this year. Uh, and and Garza. He does kind of just like he's kind of a bully, right? He kind of beats mm-hmm. up on some of these these lower tier players, and, and that's not going to happen tonight or, or tomorrow. Timmy yeah. did Timmy did struggle a little bit against West Virginia's big front line uh, with Culver. I mean, that was um, seven for seventeen 
You know, that definitely he looked out of sorts in that game. I watched it. Um, so I, I do kind of wonder about that. You know, you get uh, Garza Nunji kind of bullying him around a little bit. Does that kind of throw him off his game? Uh, I don't know. It'd be an interesting, it'd be an interesting watch there. A little game within a game there. Yeah, I mean they haven't played in 17 days either. Right. So, so what type of rust are we looking at? I think it's good for Suggs. He's probably fully healthy, right. which I think is good. But, gosh, it, it, it's such an awesome game, and and there's no doubt we we want to find a way to get exposure uh, to this game. But you're just gonna have to really be thoughtful on how you create your rosters to mm-hmm. to, to do that. Right. Now, I will throw this out there. And again, we know that Gonzaga hasn't played in 17 days. So but the last two games before they uh, went on their little break, uh, Anton Watson got 27 and 23 minutes. We are talking about Iowa size down low. He actually offers some size. Uh, Kispert's up forward, but he's really a wing player. Um, But at 3,900, if he could get 27 minutes in a game like this, this is someone who they're very high on last year as a freshman. Um, If he gets some extended run, he might be someone who could uh, give you some cheap exposure on the back end here. Yeah, and Gonzaga is giving up, you know, 50, or excuse me, Iowa is giving up 57% of the points that they give up are to two-point field goals. The the national average is 50%, so... Uh, you know, they are getting beat up a little bit inside, and, and, and Watson can do that along with Timmy. So I think that's a good kind of contrarian way to get some exposure to this game. Yeah, 171. We want to get as many pieces as we can. James, any parting thoughts on this one? I don't think so. It's going to be an interesting day tomorrow and definitely a fun game to watch. So I'm looking forward to it. It really is. So, Bucketheads, we're going to drop our prize picks Saturday morning on the Twitter machine. Um, so look for those. Uh, those have been good all week. Um, we want to keep that going. Prize picks is still available up and through Christmas where you can use the promo code CBBDFS, get a 100% deposit match. Um, so use that. If you're new to prize picks, definitely get in before it's too late. What else we got going on, Bird? You want to talk a little bit about the donation feature we added? We did. We had, you know, a really nice kind of humbling experience, but we've had a lot of bucket heads kind of reach out and say, hey, we'd love to, to donate uh, to your site. You know, I, we, we do a lot of hard work. This, you know, our, our goal really, you know, we're doing this for you, right? We're, we're, we're doing this for free. We're taking away time from our family and, and, and you know, kind of trying to trying to help bucket heads win money. There's, there's nothing better than seeing those screenshots, uh, you know, in the morning uh, of folks that have done well. Uh, so we do have a donate tab out on uh, on the website. There's also a pinned tweet. Uh, so if you feel like like you'd like to donate to us, that would be great. You know, we can use that to kind of invest uh, in our non-income producing business and, uh, <laughs> you know, try to you know, maybe even increase some of the functionality and things that we can offer in the future. So, again, we're, we, we just love being part of the community and, and love trying to help help you guys win money. That's that's kind of what it's all about. Yeah, it's a labor of love. We all have full-time jobs, real jobs as we like to call them, but uh, this is this is what we want to do for fun, and we're going to keep doing it, but uh, that is an option for the Bucketheads who have expressed interest. You know what? It is the season of giving, right? It is. It is. It is. There's a Santa, big holiday Santa Joe here. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to do something we've never done before. So this is the first time in the history of the at CBB DFS podcast and anything. This is just for podcast listeners. And what I want to do is I want to run a little contest. You guys ready? In the Saturday slate tomorrow, if you cash and have our CBB DFS logo, the one you can grab from Twitter or from our site as your avatar and send us a screenshot of that cash, whoever has the highest point total of the screenshots we receive with the CBB DFS avatar 
I'm going to send you one of those real nice fitted CBB DFS hats. I've been wearing them on the YouTube videos. I got a black one here with a sticker on it ready to go, and I will try to get it to you before Christmas. But it has to have the it has to have the logo. Has to be a cash on that Saturday slate for one of the podcast listeners. What do you guys think about that? Is it going to have your hair in it? No, no. This is unworn, <laughs> untouched. Unworn. Okay. Yeah. Not as excited. Uh, those hats are they're they're actually really really nice looking hats. You'll probably um, you know for the married folks you may not want to wear it out because you'll probably have women all over you. Uh, if you're not married. <laughs> You, you probably want to do really well on this slate and get that logo out there because, I mean, they're they're banging. They, they are they are strong. And, and if this goes well and we get a positive response, we'll see what else we can do with some of the other merch we've been working our way through. Um, but, guys, we're running a little long here. So, James, why don't you take us out and we can uh, turn everybody loose to the rest of their Saturday. All right. Bucketheads, thanks for sticking around. Get out to our website at www.cbb-dfs.com or Twitter handle at CBB underscore DFS. Uh, say hi to us. Send us some screenshots. We love interacting with you guys. Love being part of the community. Take care, Bucketheads. Win all the money. Win all the money.